Hi there, and welcome back to the Birth Story Therapist Podcast. A safe space for mamas and parents to share their birth stories, discuss common issues experienced with parenting, feel heard and validated, engage in discussion about the complexity of their motherhood and parenthood journeys, and how they manage their mental health while doing so. Come here every week to hear from mamas who are just like you, figuring it out one day at a time, hear from myself, Crystal, licensed therapist and private practice owner of Southeast Perinatal Counseling, specializing in maternal mental health. I'll share helpful information, techniques, and share a bit about myself as well, my story, including my birth. Invite other mamas who can share their stories and experts as well who are in the field and know of valuable resources regarding the maternal mental health world. In today's episode, we'll look at stress and how it affects the mind and body, why it's important to be aware of its presence, and tips to regulating stress. Let's jump in. Stress. Stress is a term that I hear and see literally more times than I can count on my hands each week. (laughs) From clients, friends, family, I'm sure I even drop stress (laughs) about 18 times a day with my toddler and my husband. (laughs) I even hear it in media, whether it's TV, podcasts, um, even on music platforms. But what exactly is stress? Um, In its simplest form, stress is the result of a situation that causes such a disruption that it causes emotional, mental, physiological, and behavioral responses. It's important for me to just say that stress is completely natural and it is normal. I will say that again. Stress is natural and it is normal. In some instances, um, I like to believe that we are conditioned to think um, a lot of different ways, but specifically with regard to stress, that it's taboo and, you know, it's this incredibly horrible thing and it sort of sets up this intense fear that if we're going through stress that whew, it's going to be so overwhelming that it could potentially create barriers for us to be able to get it under control. That's why we're here right now, y'all. We're going to talk about this. Um, the interesting thing is that our bodies do its job by letting us know that something has happened and it needs to be addressed. That's why we have stress. <laughs> Addressing what has changed and created a disruption within our body is quite literally a whole body experience. Uh, So there are several different ways that we respond to stress. Uh, When stress is present emotionally, we emote different feelings about whatever is bothering us. So those emotions can look like anger, irritability, sadness, inadequacy, frustration, um, disappointment, the list goes on. Physiologically, we respond to stress with symptoms that show up in our body. You may have experienced a physiological symptom related to stress, uh, such as chest tightness, maybe, if you were waiting on some lab results, or I don't know about you, but when you go get the ultrasounds done for baby, and you're like, okay, 
right? Ultrasound tech, like, let me know something. So your heart starts beating maybe a little faster. You might experience some chest tightness um, or even sweaty armpits and hands when you take that pregnancy test and you're just waiting for whatever to pop up to say, hey, yeah, girl, you're pregnant or nah, not this time. And so um, it's incredibly important that we're just aware that our bodies also send us signals that are related to stress, but they show up physiologically. Um, mental or psychological symptoms of stress can be thoughts um, or thinking that the worst case scenario is going to happen um, or thoughts like this situation is going to last forever. I'm never going to see my way out of this. Things like that. A behavioral stress response may look like isolating yourself or cursing and going off on somebody. Even though I've only given, you know, one or two examples for each, it's important to note that, again, we all are different. So our stress responses are going to look completely different. I could talk to somebody over here and that mom may tell me my toddler starts, you know, refusing to eat dinner and uh, my head starts hurting. I have another mom who might say my toddler refuses to eat and throws their food on the floor and... Um, you know, I, my heart starts beating really fast. And so, yeah, so, I mean, it can be completely different from person to person. Uh, but it's important that you know, individually, how you respond to stress. And so again, those are the many different ways. And again, it's just extremely helpful for you to be able to be aware of how you respond to stress. You might be wondering why exactly this happens, and the interesting thing about it is um, even though having these stress responses or having these um, even difficult situations happen, um, it isn't the most pleasant or comforting thing to our mind or our body, right? But again, our body has the job of alerting us to potential threats. And so those threats, they may come in the form of those different stress responses that I just went over. But notice that I said potential, right? Or I said the word uh, perceived threat. So those are extremely important <laughs> to remember because nowhere in that did I say an actual threat or factual threat. But our minds tend to play tricks on us. Whenever we are going through something that's stressful or challenging in any sort of way. The reason why our minds sort of play tricks on us, I like to say, it's like the maybe the most basic way to say it, but our mind plays tricks on us. Um, because, again, our body's job is to alert us to a threat if one is present. And so... It's up to us to just go a step further. Um, and what I mean by that, I'll share a little bit in a moment, but just staying on this for a bit, um, I just want to again reiterate that it's not indicative of an actual or factual outcome. It is merely a sign when your body gives off a stress response. Again, it is not indicative of an actual or factual outcome. It is merely a sign that something is off here, something needs to be addressed, something, um, yeah, needs a little bit more investigation. 
So the part that we as humans, we as mamas, um, have to remember is that, of course, again, these behavioral, emotional, physiological, and mental responses to stress are there, but it's important for us to go a step further, right? Like we have to investigate in order to determine, um, you know, just how much of a threat this is or whether or not um, this is something that's manageable, it's intolerable. And, you know, what's interesting is that stress has layers, right? Like something can be difficult and challenging for you and present stress, but it can go a step further and that layer would be distress, you know, completely intolerable, um, almost um, a suffering type of experience. Now, what's helpful is allowing yourself a moment to take a look around at what the evidence is saying in order to calm your mind and your body. Um, I like to think of it as sort of that Gmail. You ever got locked out of your Gmail or your whatever account, your email account, and it's like a two-step authentication in order for you to get in? Same thing applies here. You can't just acknowledge that you're stressed out about something, you can't even just acknowledge, okay, I'm stressed out about something. Oh, and I'm aware that, you know, my stomach is in knots because I have to talk to my husband about him not pulling his weight with, you know, nighttime routines with putting the kiddos to sleep. You have to go a step further even from that, right? Like you need to be able to regulate how your thoughts are coming to you, as well as your feelings that you're having. And so, uh, you know, I said two-step at the beginning. It's more of like a three-step authentication. But yeah, so you, again, you have to go that step further. So regulating your nervous system can look like, um, you know, all the things that I mentioned before, but again, it's person to person. Um, but again, some foundational ways that you can do this is by simply acknowledging what you're feeling. Um, you know, sometimes we get into it with our partners or our support persons about helping with the kids, pulling their weight, um, giving you a break, a mommy break. And you might notice a stress response of, let's say, a physiological one like a headache, right? And so may get into it with your significant other and just react, react, react without ever acknowledging what feeling or emotion is present. You know, doing this, um, and when I say doing this, I mean actually identifying what emotion is present helps validate one, but also highlights the fact that this particular situation could be a trigger um, it could also be a reoccurrent situation that continues to cause this emotion. And so obviously we want to, you know, explore like, why am I feeling this way? What are things that can help me in this moment? You know, is this completely out of my control? What's within my, things like that. Um, this is also helpful for future experiences. So, um, you know, if you deal with this again, you can look back on this experience, depending on how well you handle it, how well you regulate your nervous system. You can look back and say, hey, I use these useful tools in order to get me through this situation. 
let me try and use those useful, effective coping skills again. So just a note there. Um, the opposite of doing that <laughs> is what is completely unhealthy, which is suppressing and being neglectful of your thoughts and feelings surrounding your stress, right? And so sometimes we think that by pushing things under the rug, like, you know, we're, we're not dealing with them, but actually it has the opposite effect, right? Have you ever heard of the the elephant <laughs> where they're like, okay, think of an elephant and you think of an elephant, you see the imagery in your head, you maybe even paint a story around the elephant in your head. And then they're like, okay, now stop thinking about the elephant. And you absolutely cannot stop thinking about it. That's the same thing, right? Like we have these stressors, we have these issues that go on and we want to believe that we are, you know, able to just push things under the rug and not deal with them but the truth is that we it's it's very difficult in order to not do that um so what is most helpful is actually again acknowledging that this thing is there um and so I think we've all been there before again where we push something away so that we wouldn't have to deal with it I'm going to give an example so just imagine baby having to start daycare and you're not totally being ready for it. And so for somebody that might look, you know, baby has to start daycare soon and I'm totally freaking out about it. Um, but I'm, I'm just not going to think about it. I'm just going to, I'm not going to think about it. You know, I'll be the first one to tell you, you are fooling yourself. <laughs> you always have these little reminders left and right. Um, like, whether it's, these symptoms of, of stress responses, like knots in your stomach or a frog in your throat, like it, it'll always be something. Or m maybe your friend calls and talks about, you know, having to drop off her kid or you see a backpack and that triggers you to think about it. Like there, there will always be reminders um, whether or not the actual thought pops up into your head or, or what. It will be there. I also want to say, Mama... You are not weak for having feelings and thoughts that cause stress or that may be the result of stress. You are not weak for having that. You also are not getting any awards out here for being the strongest mama for putting on a brave face or for pushing stuff under the rug. It just, no one's giving out those awards. <laughs> I don't know where they do that at. <laughs> I say give yourself permission to, one, acknowledge that this shit is hard, right? Like, it is not easy to make difficult decisions about yourself, let alone raising a kind child. <laughs> it is not It is not easy, you know? Like, we, we have to acknowledge the fact that we will experience stress, um, but we, we have to confront it. Like, we have to be able to take the fear uh, that I talked about earlier with that conditioning away from the situation and assume complete control and look fear in the eye. Um, it is not healthy for there to be something there and to um, not actually address it. Yeah. It sounds, it's, 
I mean, it, it sounds so basic, but I think we've all been there. We've all been there, either because we didn't want to deal with our own emotions or we didn't want the fallout from the situation or the outcome. Like, whatever the case may be, we've all been there. Um, yeah, we've all been there. I'll tell you that it ends up increasing overwhelming feelings and it also can further strengthen irrational thoughts, right? And so irrational thoughts or are those essentially distorted perceptions of a situation. Um, and it makes it more difficult when your anxiety or your worry or your stress has increased, that overwhelming feeling that, you know, whatever other feeling is present has increased. And then also what strengthen is those irrational thoughts. It makes it extremely difficult in order for you to sort through them if you're just pushing things under the rug right? Like it strengthens and increases those things. Now, let me go a step further. Back to the daycare and baby example. So let's say, you know, baby has to go to daycare soon and I'm totally freaking out about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'll just deal with it on the day that I have to drop him off. Mm-mm, sister. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> not healthy for you to do. It sets you up for complete failure. It's the unrealistic expectation that you're going to somehow magically be able to handle it then, but you can't even handle it now, right? Like where, where do we get off thinking that? Like it unrealistic, right? So on one hand, evidence suggests that your stress can not only intensify, we just sort of talked about that, but also irrational thoughts are reinforced when you live in future stress. So that's that whole, you know, I'm going to uh, forecast the future or I'm going to fortune tell about the future. I'm going to predict these things and lead with that. It's sort of that, you know, why worry about things and you don't even know if it's going to happen, much like the actual versus perceived threat that I mentioned earlier, actually. So yes, again, there is no way that I am saying <laughs> that you should be living in the future fears and worries. Not at all what I'm saying. However, there is balance here, right? Taking into consideration that I'm in no way, again, recommending that you ruminate or overthink issues that may or may not even be present, let alone matter in the future, I am saying it's important to sit with them now instead of pushing them away. If you think about it, why would you save all that worry for the day you drop off your kid, right? Like on that day, your kid should feel positive energy, should uh, be around a parent who creates this smooth sailing transition so that they can get integrated into this new uh, daily routine, familiar with new faces, an environment, all of those things. Like, right? Like, we want to be able to, you know, create this calming and welcoming 
and gentle transition for the child. But then also, you also want to be able to affirm on that day that you made the right decision, the best decision for your family in the moment with the information that you had, which was that you needed to put your kid in daycare, right? But again, if you wait until the day of in order to actually deal with the feelings and the thoughts that you have surrounding the stress of having to put your kid in daycare, you're going to be a hot ball of mess. <laughs> it, it, it's just not going to work. What is most helpful, again, is acknowledging that stress is present, asking yourself why it's stressful for you, identifying your feelings, and extending yourself some self-compassion, so that's that kindness, that's that love that you would extend to, let's say, a girlfriend, a family member, a coworker, somebody else who's telling you that they're going through the same thing. What's that, what's that comforting thing that you would say to them, you say to yourself, and you know, give yourself permission to also feel? Um, yeah, like th- those are the things that, that you need to do. And then obviously, you know... Give yourself the space that you need in order to navigate and regulate those thoughts and feelings about daycare, you know? Like, you're giving yourself the space that you need that is free of judgment, right? Like, you're creating a space that is empathy-filled, it has kindness there, it has realistic expectations, it has rational ideas and beliefs there, right? Sitting with this can look like challenging beliefs that tell you that something awful is going to happen when you drop baby off. Sitting with this could also look like talking it through with someone. It could look like taking a breather, figuratively and literally, so allowing yourself some time to worry. That could look like choosing a specific time of day and just saying, okay, I'm going to worry about all of my stuff (laughs) at 7 p.m. when I do my journaling. Or it could look like doing some yoga, doing some meditation apps, and things like that. Again, this may be an opportunity for you to, you know, not necessarily focus on the outcome of having to leave your baby at the daycare in the care of someone else for hours, but instead you focus on the journey itself. So that may be, you know, enjoying the days that you have in between the big day of drop-off in honoring your thoughts and feelings in the meantime, you know, that that um, evolution of where you started with uh, quite a bit of worry to, you know, it being more tolerable and you coming around to the idea that this was the best decision for your family. You know, you have the capacity to regulate yourself. You have the capacity to make decisions that are the best for your family with the information that you know in these moments. You have the ability to manage the stress that you experience in motherhood. This isn't to say that you won't ever experience stress because you will. Let's be realistic here. But it is possible for the stress to be more tolerable And it may actually help you out right now. I encourage you to take our chat today and ask yourself a few questions. Like, what's caused you stress this past week? What thoughts and feelings have come from this stress? How have you managed it? It also might be helpful to go through and reflect on different types of stress responses. 
see if you can bring awareness to your mind and your body. Like, are you feeling tension somewhere in your body? I'd also, with that one, just encourage you to, you know, do a little quick Apple podcast search for helpful mindfulness and meditation apps. Um, you know, ask yourself, you know, what you need in this moment. Like, what would make this stress more tolerable? What are some rational evidence that you can point to that lets you know that this stress is not bigger than your ability to, one, overcome the stress, two, be hopeful and resilient, but also have the motivation to keep going. Because again, like, this is something that is manageable. It really is. And then lastly, I just want to encourage you to do something for you this week. Um, I don't know what that may look like for you, but, you know, so often in our mommy journeys, we do things that we may have all intention to be for us, but then it also involves your child or your spouse or someone else. So again, this was encouragement for you to do something for you. So if that means going and sitting on the floor and finishing this podcast in the bottom of your closet, you do that and hit subscribe and download this episode. (laughs) Or if this means going and going to get your hair done or going and taking a walk around your neighborhood, listening to your favorite music without having someone asking you something or yelling mama or whatever the case may be. Do something for yourself. As always, you've got this mama. I can't wait to uh, upload another episode. I hope to have you back with me next week, next Monday. Um, I'm really excited about this. We'll have on our first guest mom next week. So yay for that. I'm so excited, y'all. For now, you can follow me on Instagram at birthstory.therapist or connect with me at southeastperinatalcounseling.com. Also, This podcast does not replace being connected with a licensed professional or receiving therapeutic services. If you need to get connected, check out episode two for a list of resources, one being postpartum.net. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room.